Hi, and welcome back to the Swell Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, but you can call me Swell. Here on the Swell Shenanigans Podcast, I like talking about all things social media, pop culture, and shenanigans. And today we have kind of a smorgasbord of topics that I want to cover. Um, there's kind of a lot going on right now and also kind of not a lot going on right now. Um, so this whole episode is just going to kind of going to be me running through a bunch of different stories. As far as all of my sources, for the most part, other than the first story I'm going to tell you guys about, pretty much all of them are coming from TubeFilter this week. TubeFilter is not a sponsor of this channel. I'm not affiliated with them or anything, but they are quite literally the main news source for social media. In my opinion, as a creator, I check them daily just for shenanigans in general, but also as a content creator, I think it's important uh, to kind of be aware of what's going on in the space. And TubeFilter is a great way for people to do that. I heard uh, a couple of different content writers who are, um, sorry, not content writers, journalists, my bad, <laughs> journalists who uh, are in the digital uh, culture space talking about how uh, the way that they know if someone they want to work with, as in another journalist, is like aware of actually being a part of social media and stuff is if they uh, follow tube filter or if they even know what tube filter is. So I highly recommend checking out tube filter if you are at all interested in social media news or things like that. Again, they're not affiliated with this podcast anyway. I just wanted to shout them out because a lot of the stories that we're going to cover today, they actually have articles about, which makes it easy for me because I don't have to dig. So I will be linking to filter down below. The first story I want to talk about is uh, just something that I noticed because I am terminally online, but also I am terminally on TikTok. So if you, like me, are on TikTok, in the t comment sections on videos that pop up on your For You page, you might be seeing an influx of comments that say crop or story time. And if you don't see those, then you might see comments that say things like, what's with all the crop and story time comments? What is with that? Or what's even more common now is instructions for how to go to your uh, settings and disable uh, certain words to end up in your comment sections like crop or story time. So here's why I think this is a thing that's happening. Again, like I said, as I'm someone who's terminally on YouTube and on TikTok specifically in regards to this, story time and crop is another way to kind of profit and benefit from being on the For You page without having to actually have a video that makes it to the For You page. So um, there's a variety of different types of content and media that gets end up that ends up getting posted to TikTok. I know we can keep saying it's just kids dancing. It's not, you know, I, I don't have time to go into that. But there are, uh, you know, fan edits of uh, bands and artists. There are clips from movies, TV shows. Uh, they have a whole issue with their live streams right now where people are just quite literally live streaming movies and shows, like full episodes of movies and shows. And TikTok's doing nothing to stop this, but until the DMCA stick of justice comes down and slaps them, they won't do anything with it. So for those videos where it's like kind of like a, a piece of media or a photo, like say uh, this is very popular with like photos of celebrities, fan meetups with celebrities, things like that. Someone will comment crop, okay? And they will. the original poster will usually use that comment to reply to that comment to re-upload a new video where the image or the clip or whatever is kind of in a smaller space so that it's easier for the viewer to crop without getting 
or like screenshot or do anything they want with it without getting the uh, TikTok comment, likes, all of that. That's not in the image and obstructing the image. That's why crop is getting pushed around. And I'll explain all of that more in a second. Story time is the same thing. Someone shares a joke or a story time or like, oh, this one time this thing happened to me. And it's like a trailer for the real story. So people will comment story time and then they will reply to that comment with the story time for the video. And the thing is, is that most creators on TikTok just see this as another way to like link the stories together without having to like encourage people to go back to your profile and try and find the other story time. Like replying to a comment that way is an easy way to do that. However, what's going on and why these words are getting flooded in comment sections on TikToks is because people have realized that this is a way to get your comment and therefore your account highlighted and be shown to more people the same way that being pinned in a comment section would because the video responses are automatically categorized and pushed higher up in the comment sections versus if I just said ratio or something stupid like that, which it is stupid when you do that for the record. I don't know why people are like, gotcha. It's so stupid now. You're not an edge lord. You're just unoriginal. Anyway, um, <laughs> when people do story time or crop, if someone replies to it with a video message, it's the same way of like, I think people don't think of this as a positive because usually when someone replies to a video message, it's because they left a dumb comment or an angry, hateful comment and someone replied to it. And uh, then they like panic, like, oh my God, I don't want someone to like see my account linked with this comment about calling someone fat. And so they delete their comment or even their account. So it's usually not seen as like a positive thing to be highlighted in this way. But a lot of TikTokers, and I'm assuming bots, are realizing that they can potentially gain followers to an account and just views on their account, whether they have videos on there or not, just potentially gaining views and clicks and likes and engagement on their posts by commenting ratio and story time, even on posts it doesn't apply to, because there's a chance that they will respond to it with the video and then their account's going to be highlighted. So that's why that's happening. Is it kind of roundabout and stupid? A little bit. I don't recommend it. You could just make videos that people like making. And I know that says it sounds easier said than done. And I'm going to be honest. There are so many people who are like, if I just made it to the For You page, I know I would blow up. But there are so many videos that end up on my For You page that I'm just like, oh, this is bad. I know I'm like one of the first people that they're being shown to. And sometimes I give a pity like, but sometimes the videos are just not good. And I'm just like, I feel bad because it's like, wow, you were given this shot and the video's not good. Like, I feel bad. The story time slash crop, I I don't think it's going to stop those types of content genres that I've mentioned earlier. Uh, Story time explanation videos, and then also, you know, clips and photo videos are not going to go away from the platform. So crop and story time, the best you can really do is kind of block it from your own comment section. But I mean, does that stop it from you seeing it or from people commenting it in your videos? It's kind of like, per person then. So, I mean, eventually it'll be eradicated. It's just a current trend to kind of game the system right now. So that's the first thing I wanted to tell you guys about because I'm just seeing it on every single TikTok post. Anyways, what else? Oh yeah, Noah Beck is starring in a Wattpad movie. For those of you that are unaware, Wattpad is a fan fiction slash book writing platform. 
I knew it mainly as a fan fiction platform when I was in school. However, there is also a lot of original stories on there. And that's why I don't like when people like to say that it's like, oh, it's the fan fiction being remade. So it's where the kissing booth was from. The kissing booth was also an original story. The author was 16 when she wrote it. So the, the thing about Wattpad is that it, it's not all kids, but a lot of the writers making content on there are teenage age. You know, they're not grown adults. Um, I think After was also on there um, from Anna Todd, I believe. Um, After is Harry Styles fan fiction. The thing about Wattpad is that one of the selling points early on, especially when I was first using it, it was kind of pitched as this thing of like, oh, every year they're going to choose like one book or something to be traditionally published. And um, I had some friends that that happened to um, some of I, I know of at least one Luke Hemmings fan fiction from five seconds of summer that that was turned into not that my friend wrote, but a friend of a friend wrote things like that. But then they kind of like that kind of became like a lesser known thing that they were doing. And they started making movies out of it. Hence the kissing booth and things like that. Although the kissing booth was also traditionally published, but you get my point. But now they're kind of realizing that, oh, yeah, we can just kind of do a movie with the publishing at the same time and benefit from both because it's already got a fan base associated with it. And that's what we're seeing a lot more with a lot of uh, Wattpad originated stories, fan fiction or original. Like I said, they're making a movie starring Noah Beck from a Wattpad story. Noah Beck has signed on to bring a Wattpad story to the big screen. Beck, a Sway House TikToker with 32.8 million followers, will star in and produce The QB Bad Boy and Me, a football romance movie based on the Wattpad published story of the same name by author Tay Marley. Now, The QB Bad Boy and Me, um, yes, there it's a lot of high school romances, uh, lots of sports romances, lots of just romance trope stories on Wattpad, like I'm the one that changed the quarterback's ways, like lots of things like that, the hallmarks of romance <laughs> in fiction. And um, so, yeah, this does not surprise me, but the fact that this is being adapted now is also even less surprising because of TikTok, because TikTok Book Talk, which who I I think I've talked about on here quite a bit. I have a full episode on it with my friend Paulina, if you want to go and listen to that. TikTok is very big on sports romances. Why? I don't know. Maybe because, I mean, okay, this is just me, and we are not talking about my romantic preferences right now. Um, all women, I lose my mind. I'll, I'll be like, okay, whose last name are we taking? Like, if a woman smiles at me and shows she's even vaguely interested. Guys, I don't know what it is. I need you to have jobs and things that you do. We can't both be social media people. I don't know what it is. I am not attracted to anyone in social media space. That's a guy. I don't know why. Maybe because, like, I know the type of content that I make and how I act and how I function as a human being. And I know that the way that I work with social media, a lot of other content creators in general do not work the same way. And I feel like with a woman, I could like deal with that because like pretty dudes, I don't know. I need you to have a real job. You need to like build shit or something or have a sports job. I don't know. You need to be able to do stuff. <laughs> you need to throw a ball and like build a wall. I don't know. Oh, that, that sounded really bad. Never mind. Not, <laughs> oh God. not what I meant. So not what I meant. Anyway, uh, I'm personally anti-walls, but <laughs> I meant like build a house. You need to, you need to have carpentry skills. You need to be, <laughs> my face is so red. <laughs> I just panicked. Oh my God. Oh, that is so not what I meant. Oh my God. 
Anyway, you need to be able to do things. You need to have a job. You need to throw a ball. You need to be able to build a house. You need to be able to build bookshelves for me. I don't fucking know, but you need real jobs. And so that's why I think that the sports romances are doing really well on TikTok. Wow, that took a turn. That I think the sports romances are doing well on TikTok is because like there's the, I don't know, it's kind of like the first level of celebrity for a lot of people in general is like professional sports players. I don't know. So I think that's why there's like some type of why that's having a moment right now is like, this is the first level of celebrity is a famous football player or a hockey player. Hockey romances have a whole, whole genre right now. That's what my guess is. Um, according to the film's official description, Beck will play star high school quarterback Drayton Leahy, who inconveniently pops up in main character Dallas Brin's life right after she's shooting for a dance scholarship at Cal Arts. Wattpad says the digital version of Marley's story has more than 30 million reads on its platform and that the published novel version released in 2019 like I said, they were publishing books previously, is one of its top selling books. It didn't give a specific figure for number of copies sold. Okay, so I didn't originally know this. I knew they were going to do a traditional publish, but I didn't know that they had already done it. Like I said, they have been traditionally publishing books for quite a while. So I'm not surprised that they did it already. I'm just surprised that now they're still, I mean, I guess it's still a Wattpad movie because it was published under Wattpad. Wattpad Webtoon Studios, the entity created in January 2021, when Webtoon's parent company, Naver, acquired Wattpad for $600 million, Jesus, will produce the film alongside Creator Plus, which describes itself as a new content studio and distribution platform for digital-first storytellers and creators. I have heard quite a bit about Creator Plus. Um, it's my understanding that uh, one of the uh, creators of Creator Plus is actually associated or was previously associated with uh, my management company, uh, Select Management, that um, I am signed to. Not for the podcast, but for YouTube stuff. Well, I mean, I guess my podcast is connected to that. But yeah, I am signed with them, okay? So I know my previous manager was telling me about it a lot, but basically Creators Plus's whole thing is basically trying to turn creators into movie stars and actors by them mostly playing themselves and kind of trying to bridge the gap that a lot of creators have found over the years where they tried to make the segue into acting and then can't because a lot of them are bad at it. Okay. I'll, I'll say it. Um, I am also a YouTuber who the reason I'm in LA is because I am pursuing acting. I am actively in acting classes. I have a class tomorrow night as I am filming this. But my understanding is that they are trying to creator plus this whole thing is getting actors creators into actors by playing themselves. So the fact that they are working with Noah Beck on this is actually surprising. Digital first storytellers and creators. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be partnering with the incredible team and I'm honored to bring Tay's love story and characters to life. Of course he did. That's what Beck said. I can't wait to get to work and dive in and all the creative aspects of this film. Yeah, him being a producer is going to be interesting. I will not be surprised if more Sway guys from the Sway house pop up in this. Um, will not be surprised. Okay, so uh, the next article I wanted to talk about, because every year, I pre last year I talked about the HBO Max documentary about content creators. God, what was it called? It was mostly forgetful. I did a video on it. Gosh darn it. Now I want to look. Fake famous. That's right. And their whole thing was taking three LA transplants and basically turning them into fake influencers. Um, my problem with it, I had a lot of issues with <laughs> my one problem. I had several issues with it. Mainly they didn't give us any legitimate data to show how many followers they were starting out with versus how much they ended. Like it was like so, it was like, oh, look what we did. 
But like, there's no proof of anything. They didn't show us any real numbers. So there's no verifiable information. And then they ended it with like a cap off. It's like, wow, influencers don't care about COVID. Like, it was really weird. I didn't like it. I think it was a terribly made documentary, in my opinion. Uh, one of the things they said as like proof that like influencing is bad is that uh, they cited a, I shouldn't say they cited it. They tried to cite this study that was done when they asked kids in school what they wanted to be most. And they said, I think they said influencers or famous or something like that. And I know which uh, study they're talking about. I believe people said that it was actually that they said they wanted to be YouTubers. And that's what most kids said. They like It was like an, some seen percentage of kids under the age of 15 or something said they wanted to be YouTubers. And that wasn't surprising to me because at the end of the day, yeah, uh, my manager, my old manager and I actually had this conversation not long ago where uh, we were talking about like whether or not YouTubers and influencers are overpaid and things like that. And it's like the general consensus is that yes, because there's no other job where you can be a mid-size person in that field. Like I am a mid-size creator. I can fundamentally live off of what I make as a content creator. Am I buying a mansion in the hills tomorrow? No. Could I probably buy one in a few years? Yeah, if I live modestly and I'm not an idiot, probably. But like, there's no doctors that can really do that. There's no uh, electricians that can do that, you know. But I am a mid-sized creator and I can feasibly do very well. So yeah, I'm not surprised that a lot of kids want to be YouTubers or famous or influencers or whatever because kids have always said they wanted to be celebrities and movie stars. That's nothing new. But the tube filter article I'm talking about now is uh, Generation Alpha is a thing and it chooses YouTube and Netflix as the coolest brands. Oh wait, no, this is brands. Never mind. Actually genuinely changed my mind. I'm sorry. Hi, I apologize. I was going to cut everything I just said because I read this title wrong because I'm a dyslexic fuck, but it's fine. We're going to keep it. Anyways, uh, this article is talking about Generation Alpha and how it chooses the coolest brands, and they chose Netflix and YouTube for the most part. Generation Alpha is the generation after Generation Z. Um, I personally hate that we're calling them Generation Alpha because I think we're just asking to give them superiority complexes, in my opinion, but that's not my problem right now because my... God, would I give birth to Generation Alpha right now? Oh no, to 2015. Okay, good. I would not give birth to Generation Alpha. What's after Generation Alpha? My God. Generation Alpha includes people born in the year 2010 and onward. The ages of the kids in the brain, the Bino brain study imply that they were born between 2008 and 2015. Okay, yeah. So I would not give birth. If I, if I got pregnant tomorrow, would I give birth to Generation Alpha? I'm assuming the answer is no. I'm not pregnant. Despite what my comment section likes to assume, I am not pregnant. They, they were asking about, you know, what brands are cool. And so there are certain consistencies like the top brand for ages 7 to 14. YouTube is the coolest brand overall. This makes me wonder more about the breakdown. They apparently asked 30,000 kids and teens to determine the 50 coolest brands chosen by the so-called Generation Alpha. Um, so all kids 7 to 14 picked YouTube as number one. Girls picked Netflix. Boys picked YouTube. And then when you get into the girls versus boys, YouTube is second for girls. Netflix is second for boys. I'm surprised. See, I feel like Netflix being number one two or number one is not that surprising for younger ages because I feel like if in 
most family households, if you're going to choose any social uh, like streaming platform, you would pick Netflix. So that doesn't surprise me. Like it, it makes sense that they have the most access to that streaming platform because I know that a lot of families like me aren't buying cable anymore. And so they just have streaming platforms and all of that. And uh, that's why eventually we're basically just going to go back to <laughs> having cable because it's going to be the same thing with all these various streaming platforms. But still, McDonald's being third is genuinely shocking to me um, for overall and then also for the girls. For boys, it's Nintendo, which I do think is funny. Amazon is four. For girls, Disney is four. And then for boys, Minecraft is four. McDonald's is fifth for boys. Amazon is fifth for girls. And Disney is fifth overall. I don't know. I don't know why that's that. The last couple are surprising to me. YouTube's not surprising to me. YouTube being number one, that makes sense because again, YouTube is basically a free streaming platform. That's not surprising to me at all. YouTube is thinking about getting into podcasting. I don't really want to talk about that. I don't feel like it. Oh yeah, the Ace family. Did I tell you guys about this? I may have already spoken about this. Um, So the Ace family, like God, did, did we talk? Have we ever spoken about the Ace family and their shenanigans? I know I told you guys about how I went to the Battle of the Platforms fight and how my dad is all annoyed that we went, even though I'm the one that paid for it. And he was like, I wouldn't have gone if I would have known that it was going to be a scam. And it's like, well, that's kind of the point of how a scam works. They like for you to not find out until afterwards. Kind of the point. Um, so social media, Battle of the Platforms boxing match that I went to with my dad and Lissa last year was basically... Um, all BS and um, none of the fighters got paid. None of the performers got paid is my understanding. Most people did not get paid involved in that event, which is not surprising because they basically were banking on X amount of people getting involved in streaming. They lied at a certain point and said that a certain number of people were streaming when they weren't to try and hype up the numbers, which I think in and of itself is a crime. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Then like the McBrooms, like they took a private jet to Miami. Like they they were basically, they did the um, dash con side of things where they basically spent money before they had made the money. You know how it is. So there's a lawsuit for that. Their house is in foreclosure out here because they have this insane house. They're currently renting one. Um, but this article is about their festival, Ace Fest. Yes, I'm already trying to go. Tickets go on sale this week. Don't worry. I will go so you don't have to. The Ace family says they're done doing YouTubing full time. But before they go, pay $299 to meet them at their festival. The $299 is surprising to me because I think it was $499 was the cheapest option I could find. And they're selling the tickets in batches, which is what happened with the the Battle of the Platforms fight where you could only buy certain tickets in groups of like four or something. I think I can buy tickets in groups of two. I am right now planning on going alone. There's a chance my dad will go with me because he covers a lot of financial stuff on his channel. And so the downfall that will be this event, because this there, there's no way it's not going to be a Tanicon type of thing. I don't know if it'll be a fire fest, even though it's called Ace, Ace Fest. Because the thing is, this is why I compare things to Tanicon and not Firefest. Tanacon was bad. Was it dangerous? Absolutely. However, I don't think it was as dangerous or as bad of a situation as Fire Festival was because Fire Festival, people were literally, some people were stranded. Like they, they were in a country they were not familiar with. And I know people are like, oh, there was a resort there, all this stuff. I think that the situation was not good. Whereas in uh, Tanacon, people can walk to their cars and go home. Overall, there was less of a stranded 
feeling with TanaCon. And so potentially, depending on where they have this fest, that'll determine whether or not we can compare this to uh, TanaCon or Fire Festival. Because I do think that there is a, a safety element that I'm hoping they figured out. I mean, I think the this, the security at the Battle of the Platforms fight, even if they didn't get paid, was pretty good. So I'm hoping that'll be a deterrent. I'm hoping that'll be a, a, a example of how this will still be a good event or at least a safe event. It'll be a train wreck regardless, but you know. The Ace family, who are frequently embroiled in controversy and once commanded upwards of 200 million views per month on YouTube, says that after the end of 2022, they're done being full-time content creators. Before, But before they go, they're asking 5,000 fans to attend what may be the last Ace family event ever. Yes, that is on their platform for the Ace Fest. It says this could be the last event. I know what this event is. This event is a last minute cash grab to pay their lawyers. That's what this is. I'm going to go so that you don't have to because that's the point of me having the channel that I do is I get scammed. I lose money so you don't have to because for me, it's partially a tax write-off. At least some of it's a tax write-off for me. So why not have me lose my money so you don't have to? Also, I doubt any of my followers are like fans of the Ace family. I'm not a fan of them. For the main reason I'm not a fan of any family channels, they make me uncomfortable. I fundamentally have an issue with uh, family channels. I think eventually we're going to get, social media is going to get their own version of uh, Google accounts or Coogan accounts, whatever they're called, for like child actors and child stars. I think we're going to start seeing that for social media stars at a certain point that are underage because too many of these influencers are profiting off of their children. And I want to know whether or not they're seeing that money. I want to know if they're getting college accounts or whatever these kids want to do one day. And I don't, I think eventually these kids are going to start having money problems because of the way their parents are profiting off of them. And the fact that they're, the kids aren't really getting a way to see this money directly. They're like, well, I have a house that you live in. Why aren't you happy? Why can't you smile for the brand deal that I'm prop that I wouldn't be getting if it weren't for the fact that you are my cute child? You know, like that's uh, they make me uncomfortable. And also, one time at VidCon, the last time I was at VidCon in 2019, I saw a very mask off family channel interaction that stressed me the fuck out. It was like I I go I did a double take. I talked about this in my video review of the vid i guess this is a shenanigan oh sh shenanigan i witnessed we can talk about this so vidcon in 2019 i had walked my friend Lisa to her car because her and i went together and then i walked back to my car where i had parked for the day as i was waiting to get on the elevator to go up to my floor of the parking structure a family of four got out it was a mother a father an older brother and a younger sister and the younger sister and the mom were fighting over whose channel they were filming for. And when I say fighting, I mean all out, full on, arguing like this young seven-year-old, she couldn't have been more than seven, was like 22, like like my age, like fighting with this woman. And like, we already we already filmed for your channel. You, it's it's our turn. We're, it's my, we're filming for my channel now. Like the mom is speaking to the daughter this way and the dad and the brother are also weighing in like, hey guys, let's not fight. Not doing that. Like, yeah, we already filmed for your channel. Why are you like, like arguing over who got the spotlight in the moment. It was the most alarming thing. I might as well have not have been there because they just breezed past me like a hurricane. Like I, I, I'm surprised I didn't get hit by shrapnel. That's how much they blew past me. Like it was the weirdest experience. One of the weirdest experience I have had at that event. And 
it, it has stuck with me ever since. Like I, I, I get so concerned with these family channels about what happens when the cameras are off. Like it stresses me out, frankly. And that's just my own reasoning. So yes, uh, fundamentally, I am not a fan of the ACE family. Uh, the scams and lawsuits and everything else literally is not a factor <laughs> um, because they're a dime a dozen in this industry. I just don't like family channels in general. Them potentially being criminals is a separate issue. You know, <laughs> like that's separate so the Ace Fest thing I will be going to, my concern is, again, they're a family channel. So a lot of their audience is very young children. So I'm worried that I'm going to potentially end up not worried. I, I wouldn't be surprised. So a lot of, okay, when I went to TanaCon, a lot of people in the comment sections and since then have asked, you know, how, how you were so confident in those videos, how were you were like so outgoing talking with people? How are you doing that? Like you're so confident. I was not. I was fucking terrified at that event. My anxiety was at an all-time high, but at a certain point, I kind of took stock of what was around me and realized I am one of the oldest people here. Not that I was the oldest because there was also a lot of adults there, but not my point. The majority of the people there were young teenagers who looked visibly younger than me. And so I went into automatic big sister mode and I was trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. And so I'm worried that that might end up happening here again with all these... because. The, Tana Mojo, her audience is not as young as the Ace family. The Ace family's audience is significantly younger. So I would not be surprised if this event goes bad. Oh God, I'm going to need to bring waters and granola bars and stuff with me, aren't I? Just in case, because there was no water. Like at one point, for those of you that aren't familiar with my TanaCon experience, at one point I stole water from a booth because this one, this woman's daughter was having a panic attack and was about to pass out literally in front of me from how bad uh, cramped this event was and how much she had a panic attack from being separated from her mom. It was this whole thing. And I committed an act of theft to make sure that this child would not lose consciousness. Like it was, it was not good. Things were bad at that event. And there's a potential, it looks like Ace Fest is going to be outdoors. So yeah, I'm bringing sunscreen. I'm bringing a little first aid kit. I'll bring water. <laughs> I'll bring granola bars. We're going to be prepared. Okay. I'm going to make sure no kids are getting losing consciousness and getting key stroke at this event if they won't. And their latest upload, Austin McBroom told the family's 18.9 million subscribers that he and his fiance, Catherine, have been trying to get off YouTube for the past year, but we just can't seem to stop doing what we love to do, which is creating videos for all you guys. McBroom went on to say that he and Catherine plan to travel for probably half the year, visiting between 10 and 20 locales with their three children ages five five, three, and one. He added that the family isn't deleting their channel and completely stopping uploads, but said they plan to slow down to one upload every month or two. They currently upload between four and seven times a month, bringing in 10 to 20 million views per month. Catherine explained that lessening their time on YouTube is a very difficult, but I feel like the pressure that we've had has just been really unhealthy. And I think the traveling, spending time with our family, doing all the things that we really want to do, the things that we want to focus on 100% on, I think that will bring us joy. See, the traveling and the changing the frequency of uploads makes me think they got a show. That's what I'm thinking. I don't. I think they got a reality show. That's my guess. And that's why they're trying to distance themselves from YouTube so that they can do that. That's my guess. Immediately following that announcement, the McBrooms revealed that they are planning Ace Family Fest, a one-day, 10-hour event billed as Disneyland meets Coachella. The exact, <laughs> that sounds dangerous. The exact location and date are apparently TBA, but the McBrooms said it will take place sometime in August, Somewhere in the Los Angeles area. God, the hottest month of the year. 
in Los Angeles where our weather has been doing insane things lately. Tickets go on sale April 9th and come in two tiers. One is the cheap run of $2.99 for a silver ticket, which admits three people and gives access to free rides, games, and a wildlife park and performances. Someone's going to get attacked by an animal. On the higher end is $4.99 for a VIP gold ticket, which admits five people, guarantees a meet and greet with McBrooms, includes viewership of Austin's next boxing bout, and includes an exclusive wedding gift. The McBrooms will also select two random VIP ticket buyers, plus their four guests to attend Austin's fight in person, and two more random buyers plus guests to attend their wedding in September. Austin and Catherine urge fans to go to the festival's website and submit their phone numbers for up-to-date information about ticket sales. The couple says a total of 5,000 tickets are available. See, already 5,000 tickets. I'm stressing out. This is very TanaCon. TanaCon was also a total of around 5,000 people. But also 5,000 tickets, does that mean 5,000? Okay, so some of these, these are ticket packages. So is 5,000 tickets, does that mean it's going to be more like 10,000 people with the amount of like four people per ticket? If that's what you're saying, then it's going to be like 10,000, 15,000 people. This is already going to be bad. This is, this is not going to work out. This is going to be a problem. I'm stressing out already. Anyways, I think that's really all I have to talk about today. Um, oh, yes. Uh, so I'm going to be trying to go to that, obviously. But also, uh, there's a creator clash boxing event happening uh, in May in Tampa, Florida, that I'm trying to go to. Right now, I think there's Dr. Mike, Justin Minks, Aaron Harrison among confirmed participants for IDUB's creator clash boxing event. I am trying to go. Early bird tickets are now on sale. Oh, it's on sale already? I'll literally buy my ticket right now. I thought it wasn't on sale already. The Creator Clash event is happening in May. I'm trying to go. If I can go, I will let you know. Um, But yes. Other than that, um, I am still in first place in my group for round three of the Influence Me TV contest. I don't know how much of it I told you guys about, but people are having questions and concerns about how this is all going to work out. It does look like a total of one person is going to be cast from this group, potentially. Round four is where um, it's no longer public voting, is my understanding, or it's public voting, but then also there is voting from the judges. So if they talk to me, there's a chance I'm going to get through. If they just look at me, Tana's involvement alone, I may not get through. Um, But I also acknowledge that I am not the type of influencer that they may want, just because it seems like they want talent people. And I, though I think I'm talented, my content is not talent focused. You know, I'm not a makeup artist. I'm not a dancing person. I don't make sketches. You know, I, I review products and I ask people to ask questions about topics and I I try to be educate, educational about dumb things and movies and media and social media, which I don't think is the type of content that they really want. But uh, there is a chance that I don't don't know what's going to happen here. I may go through, I may not. Who knows? There was supposed to be an announcement and it has yet to be made, but I'm still currently in first place. So it's my understanding that I will be moving forward to the next round. What I hate mainly is that they're getting bitchy about it in the replies of their comments. I, hi, I am a native English speaker. English is my first language. The wording on their various contest breakdowns is confusing to me, a native English speaker. I know that there are a lot of people in this contest that English is not their first language. And I'm also an English major, you know, like the word, like in general, the wording is confusing. So the fact that people have questions about how this is all working is not surprising and should not be met with bitchy comment replies. Okay. So already I, there's shenanigan. This whole thing is a shenanigan. We thought I was the one doing the shenanigan. They're the one doing the shenanigan and I'm just along for the ride. That's what's happening. So again, uh, if you guys want to see me potentially 
go on and potentially end up at the very least we're getting content out of it i will make a full breakdown of everything once this is all done i'll make a video all about it i'll probably do a full podcast episode about it as well i'll bring a friend on to like talk with me about it i'll reach out to other contestants and have them come on potentially that'd be great but yeah i i'm having a feeling that this is not going well if you still like to vote for me uh i will have the link in the description box of this podcast episode or the video description go all the way down when you click the link scroll all the way down to the very bottom there is a one free vote option Please do not buy votes. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see. I have no problem with the Jed Foundation, which is the foundation associated with this event, but also not associated with the event, which is where I have questions. But I have no problem with the Jed Foundation. If you would like to donate to them, absolutely do that. But please go through the Jed Foundation directly to donate to them. Please do not go through the Orbit contest because they are not telling us what percentage of votes the paid votes are going to the foundation. And that's where my concern is because it could be 5%. It could be half a percent. It could be 90%. I don't know, but they're not telling us. And it certainly is not 90% because they would tell us that. I would prefer that if you do if you do support the Judd Foundation and you want to make a donation, please go through them directly. And also don't give Orbit the ability to you know get their own tax deduction because that's what they're doing basically. So please do not do paid votes for me or anything like that. Um, I have faith in my audience to vote for me for free and have me still win because I'm still in first place. So that's really going to be it. I feel like I want to do my video outro, which is not the same thing as my podcast outro. My goodness. Anyways, thank you all so much for listening. Um, If you would like to send any notes or send in your own shenanigan, potentially be read on the next listener shenanigans episode, you can send them to the swell shenanigans podcast at gmail.com. Or if you would like to send an audio message, you can do that to the message button on our Anchor website for the podcast itself. If you liked this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe new episodes every Wednesday. And if you are an audio listener, feel free to go check out the YouTube channel, which will be linked down below. If you would like to see my smiling glasses face while you listen to me talk about random social media updates and news. And that's going to be it. Thank you so much all for listening on this fine Wednesday. Have a great day. Goodbye.